Hello and welcome to another episode of a Brothers Creed podcast where we talk about motivation, experiences, and exploring the world around us. We are the Thomas Brothers and I am Jared. And I'm Ethan. And today we're going to be talking about the the epitome of our podcast, right? The Creed. And we're going to talk about a little bit uh, of, we're going to talk about some people in history. We're going to talk about their creeds. We're going to talk about... Um, some uh, modern day principles that people can live by, um, some uh, history as far as as far back as ancient Greece and as far back as the American Revolution. So and as soon as uh, modern day, yeah, as know, soon as course, modern day, yeah. The one that we're going to share, there was a uh, um, an article that came out that was really going around work when I back when I worked at Goldman Sachs, and they were like, it was called the unofficial Goldman Sachs Guide to Being a Man. And so there's a lot of funny kind of uh, rules to live by in that. So I wanted to, some are good, some are kind of funny, some are garbage, but uh, I thought it was going to be interesting to read through. Interesting. Yeah, so we're going to look through some quotes from some of these people, uh, do some character profiles, and learn how we can build our creeds better. Uh, Let's do it. Spartans, what is your profession? Any man who must say, I am the king, is no true king. What I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills that make me a nightmare. If I can change, and you can change, everybody can change! Let us all unite! Let us fight for a new world! A decent world! Okay, so the first one here is someone that probably no one has ever heard of. His name is Benjamin Franklin. Who's that? He goes by the name Benji. <laughs> Old Ben. Yeah. So uh, Benjamin Franklin was obviously a very influential person in the United States uh, as one of our founding fathers. Uh, he was a bit promiscuous, though. He, he loved them French he, ladies. <laughs> he liked to uh, do things in the nude. Yeah, he did. Um, but some of his, some of the the quotes that are from him are are, are very interesting. A lot of them. I didn't even know were, I didn't even know that were, they were from him. I just thought that's a like mantras that people would say. Yeah, you know? he's really smart. <clears throat> yeah, he was very learned. I think so. Uh, maybe he was on something with the nudity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to walk through some of these quotes, and we can just talk about them uh, in line, and and we can just share our thoughts. So the first one is uh, he says, "Content makes poor men rich. Discontent makes rich men poor." And I like that because it, it kind of goes along with something else that I've heard. It's like a, a rich man is a man with cheap hobbies. <laughs> yeah. Well, I kind of think uh, content in that, and maybe that's kind of like an old way of saying things, right? Because now you think of the word contempt and you're like, oh, you know, it's almost like a neg. sounds like a negative word. Yeah. At least to me. But I think almost contempt is like uh, uh, maybe gratitude. It's kind of yeah. how I was thinking about it. You know, uh, a person with with uh, uh, gratitude is never a poor person, but a person without gratitude is always... You yeah. Know. In fact, there was a, a quote that kind of went along with this by Neil uh, Walsh that said, the struggle ends when gratitude begins. Yeah. So I like that. And uh, I'm always thinking like, well, if, if I, I've always thought about you know, in retirement, like a rich, a poor man, a, a rich man is... A man who has cheap hobbies. I'm like, oh, well, uh, what can I do? Like, shooting is definitely not cheap. 
<laughs> I'm like, oh shoot, no. I've signed up for the wrong hobbies here. <laughs> um, so yeah. Also, I, I, I think it's interesting. It's kind of a there's a balance between that too because you want to be grateful for what you have, but at the same point, you want to be prosperous and you want to progress. Yeah. And it's like to a certain extent, you kind of like, oh well, man, when does where does laziness come in there? Mm-hmm. Is it kind of like, oh, you know. I'm good if if I, you know, I'm good if I'm 100 pounds overweight, you know, it's not that big a deal, at least I'm not 200 pounds overweight, you yeah. know, and it's like, so so I'm fine, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for, for my, my health as it is, it's like, well, yeah, but you could, you could be healthy, you could, you know, feel better, you could whatever else, and so, yeah. I mean, that maybe that's a lame example, but still, it's like, there's a fine line between kind of balancing, okay, being happy with what you have, and striving for better, striving for more, yeah. Uh, the next one he said, an investment in an investment in knowledge pays the best interest. I think that's true. Um, better than any investment you can make is the best investment you can make is in yourself. I saw a, a video on YouTube the other day, and I don't know if it was a it was kind of like you know, Dave Ramsey type. It wasn't him, but it was kind of like a, a life coach type person. And and this person called in and was like, hey, you know, I have um um. 19 years old and I have uh, $2,000 to my name. Um, you know, I'm living with my parents and I, I don't really have any expenses. And, you know, I really want to invest this $2,000. What what should I put it in? And the guy was like, you. Yeah. <laughs> put it into you. That is the best investment you'll ever make. Yeah. And And he was just like, you know, yeah, you could put it in the stock market make six percent you could try to buy a rental property and make you know however much or even if you made 25 even if you tripled it it's never going to be the same return on investment as if you put it into yourself exactly uh the next one here is well done is better well done is better than well said Uh, i think that's good just be a person who takes action and not just people who someone who gives lip service or who just talks about action you know yeah. Bring the action. Yeah. Uh, that's that, that song, you know what I'm talking about? Where it says yeah. bring the action. Is that Black Eyed Peas? Yeah. I always felt like that was Barack Obama's voice. I doubt it. It always <laughs> sounded like Barack Obama. <laughs> where it says bring the action. I always, I always I don't know, We can look it up, but I doubt it. Um, the next one is a house is not a home until it, it contains food and fire for the mind as well as the body. So that, that was good. That not your home isn't really a home unless, especially when you think about the context of having kids, unless it provides nourishment to both body and mind. And I would also add in there spiritually as well, uh, because you need to be nourished across all and invalidated emotionally as well. Yeah, I'm just adding on here. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that. But a, g- but a good home, you know, you, as a parent, you need to foster this environment where your kids are nourished in all of these areas of their lives. Yeah, well, I think you know, 1700s that time period, there was, I mean, life was a little bit different. Um, in that, you know, it's like when it gets dark outside, then you kind of go to bed. I mean, yeah, you could sit and read by the fire or whatever else, but um, nowadays, I mean, life is just so much different. With we have you know, TV and so many other distractions. And I think that can kind of play into what he's saying there as well is that, um, you know, it's almost like a, a, a productive home, you know, not only physically for the things you're doing, but just mentally and, um, you know, try to make every action you do have some sort of uh return. 
Yeah. And that doesn't mean you can't watch TV or whatever else. You know, there's 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 return on relaxation and, and fun and entertainment too, but Yeah, definitely. There's a couple in here that are uh <clears throat> I'm not gonna read all of them, but uh one of the ones I like here is it says I'm just gonna read through a couple real quick. It says uh honesty is the best policy. You may delay, but time will not. Uh this one I, I really like. Never leave that till tomorrow, which you can do today. Uh, Picasso also said something similar, which was an adaptation, which said only put off until tomorrow what you are willing to die having left undone. Oh, I like that. I like that a little bit. Actually, I don't like that because sometimes I do that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, is it, is it that important to, I mean, is that Excel sheet that you were working on at work, is it, if you died and that was undone, would that make a big of a difference? Actually, I I, I kind of like Picasso's better than Benjamin Franklin's because there is some things like I write some things down in my in my to do list or whatever, but then it's like, I mean, if I didn't get to that, it's like okay, you yeah. know, it's not that big deal. Yeah, and so, but don't want to push the things that are important. Yeah, and I th- think sometimes you don't want to be oh so overloaded with the to do list that you miss actual life. It's like that you. Uh, there's that movie, uh, Click. Remember, mm-hmm. where and he like is fast. He's like fast forwarding so much, and he's just like focused on getting to be the CEO of this company. And then he like goes back and looks at his life, and he just didn't make time for his family. He, didn't, he ignored everybody because he was just so focused on the task at hand that he, he totally lost everything he had because he wanted to be the CEO of the company. Yeah, and uh, so he didn't put it off, but. The, the important things that came up, he ignored. So Interesting. Uh, this other one is, by failing to prepare, you're preparing to fail. I didn't know that was Benjamin Franklin. Uh, they who can give up essential... Li- they who can give up essential liberty to obtain a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. Hmm. That's very uh, timely in our modern era because everybody's wanting to give up their liberties for safety. Oh, please track track every single place that I go. Be able to turn off. You know they uh, they are now putting in cars a kill switch in every single car so that the police can kill your car whenever they want to. Yeah, I think it's like every car produced after twenty twenty three or something like that is going to have a kill switch in it. It's like, and then this is they're saying that this is where we're going with this social credit system that they have in China. It's like, oh. You posted something bad on social media that we don't like. You can no longer access your car. And now that we have all had digital currency, you can no longer spend your currency. And also, we've shut your phone down. That seems like that would be ripe pickings for people to do crazy things. I mean, to get hacked or something. Well, yeah, I'm just saying, I mean, if they shut somebody down like that, that much, people get desperate. And when you get desperate, I mean, you can't pay your bills, you can't get around, you can't use your phone, can't do whatever. I mean, what are people going to do? I'm just going to sit in their house and twiddle their thumbs. Yeah, well. I don't know. They're going to get desperate. They're going to go rob somebody or they're going to go. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, you talk about COVID and like they're tracking every every single place you go on your phone and like, oh, it's because we're contact tracing, you know, and like. It's for everyone's safety. It's for the safety of the community. Yeah. Do it for the children. Uh, Oh, there's another one under here uh, that I. I'll, I'll show you another one. Well, actually, I jumped to it. Uh, okay, it is in the it is the first responsibility of every citizen to question authority. 
Whenever a politician, then he's, I think further he said, whenever a politician opens his, their mouth, ask yourself who profits. Hmm. So, got to get the big prof- man. Got to get the big man. This message is 10%. sponsored by Pfizer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pfizer vaccine just proved to cure cure every disease you've ever had. Um. So anyway, I think those are very interesting. A couple other ones here are. Be at war with your vices, at peace with your neighbors, and let every new year find you a better man. I totally agree with that, and I think that that's one part I, I love about the new year is just this like, chance to uh, set some goals for the new, the new year and try to uh, work at those yeah. goals. Uh, and if you know me or, or, or at all, then you know that I do actually work on those goals the entire year. I don't just give up mid, mid-February. <laughs> uh, either write something worth reading or do something worth writing. Uh, a penny saved is a penny earned. I didn't know that was from him. Early to bed, early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. I did not know that was from him either. Uh, and that was those are all the ones that uh, he said. But anyway, I thought there was a lot of gems in there. Some of them I, I were like, oh, I, did, I just thought that was some like old wives' tale or something. But lots of sage wisdom in there from 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 Benjamin Franklin. Hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of great quotes. Um, I, I know that he was pivotal in uh, a lot of, uh, you know, what happened in the early days of uh, of our country and uh, was very smart. I think he, he brokered a lot of um, uh, kind of treaties and amnesty between the what was new United States and, and other countries. So um, I also am going to talk about uh, a founding father um, and... Uh, I'm going to do kind of a, a, a character profile, let's say, on George Washington. So um, first off, George Washington, I'm going to talk a little bit first about his physical characteristics, right? So George Washington uh, was six foot three, and this is, uh, you know, late late 1700s. Um, People were much smaller back then. So it's interesting because I thought that too. And I looked up what was the average height in um, uh, the uh, late 1700s, and it was 5'8". What's the average height today? Right? And then I was like, oh, that's kind of short, right? And then I looked up the average height in the United States today for men, mm-hmm. and it's 5'9". I'm like, oh, that's still well, kind of short. Well, what is the average height for Caucasian men? I don't know. I just looked at, I just looked up average height for men in the United States. Because different races are different heights. Yeah, uh, but like, like Asians and and Mac and Latinos are much shorter. Yeah, that's true. That is true. And so that might be that might be throwing some uh, some yeah. skewed <laughs> some skewed information skewed data into the mix. But so but I would say maybe uh, with with white men that are about you know as as George Washington would have been in that time and 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 the other people in the colonies um, or in the United States. Yeah, he was very tall for for the time. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, six three is tall for today. And um, Arnold Schwarzenegger was six three, right? Six two, six two. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he was as tall and as wide as Arnold Schwarzenegger. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe not as wide, but definitely as tall. So he was six three and almost two hundred pounds. Um, and he had a purportedly he had a very muscular frame. That was hardened by a life of outdoor exercise and physical adversity. Hmm. So, I mean, he worked his he worked his farm. I mean, he worked he he liked that. He liked, uh, you know, farming and 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 working in the fields and and um, 
I mean, obviously he was a soldier for a major portion of his uh, uh, career that saw battle in, in many different ways. And so, um, so he was a very kind of just uh, large presence to be around. Um, and I think that that kind of played to some of uh, uh, his his victories, both um, in in battle and in war, but also in in politics. Well, hold on, he was two hundred pounds, six three. That's not very big for the time. Yeah, but like I'm five eleven, and I'm just about two hundred pounds myself, and I'm not. I'm like I'm pretty. I'm not. I'm pretty muscular. I'm not like super super jacked, but uh, well, just, I mean, it's not like just one super jacked. He's not like <laughs> freaking King Leonidas running around like but, I mean, Spartan but kicking he, people. He's, he's tall. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's he's several inches taller than he would be several inches taller than me, about the same weight. Probably not as muscular. Uh, now again, I don't live in a hardened life, but I do a lot of stuff that he probably is not lifting and stuff like that. So That's I, true. I, I would think he's kind of more like a skinnier guy, I would say, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I guess it, it depends on how you're carrying your weight. your your weight or whatever else, but I don't know. I mean, it said those who knew him said he was muscular, so maybe they didn't know what muscles were. Those are the then. short guys. <laughs> that was that was before that was before the barbell. <laughs> <laughs> so, um it, it, it's kind of it's it's easier to um describe dis- it is easier to describe George Washington than it is to explain George Washington. Um, because he was a very interesting guy. So, um, he, uh, did a lot to, uh, train himself. He did a lot of self-learning. He was a very smart person, but he was admittedly not as smart as some of the other intellects of the day, the Benjamin Franklins and everyone else. He did not have a, uh, um, he did not study abroad and have a you know a, 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 as good of a, an education as some of these other people did. But he didn't let that he didn't let that slow him down. I mean, he studied and read and learned and uh, soaked up as much information as he could. Um, he impressed his colleagues with an even keeled demeanor and an adherence to strong moral values. Um, Abigail Adams. So I'm guessing that's John Adams' wife. Um, she wrote of him, and this is really kind of a weird quote, but we can, we can break through it. It says, um, he has a dignity which forbids familiarity mixed with an easy affability, which creates love and reverence. So basically I kind of had to like look up a couple of those words, but basically what that means is, uh, he was a really nice guy and his, uh, the the dignity that he had and just kind of the aura that he gave was uh, one in, in love and reverence towards other people. So uh, what are some of the attributes that people say George Washington had? Um, so actually, funny story before I get into some of his attributes. So kind of the famous picture that we have of George Washington, right? The one that we have on the money. And he's just kind of like sitting there and he's kind of got his like lips per, you know pressed together. And he's just kind of, you know interesting photo or interesting, uh, uh, picture of him. Um, but according to, um, the guy who, um, who was the one that painted the picture of him, they didn't get along very well. 
And during like the four days where the guy came and, and George Washington was sitting as the guy painted him or whatever, they had like a couple arguments. And so they said that uh, a lot of his family said that the, the pic- that picture and the picture that we pull a lot of his like, uh, you know, other portraits from or whatever, kind of the, the foundation of what he looked like actually didn't even look anything like him. And that the, the, um, artist got, uh, what they called r- artist revenge on him and put some things in there that, that really kind of made him look bad and like how his lips were sitting and how his eyes were or something like that. His family said it didn't really even look like him. Oh wow. Which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, but, uh, some of the attributes that he had, um, it says, first off, he had strong moral character. Uh, you know, we all know the story of George Washington chopping down a cherry tree. And, uh, you know, he told his dad and he was honest and he talked about it. Well, that story is made up. That story was made up by uh, a guy who was writing a, a biography on him. But he made it up because to, to give an illustration of the honesty and the kind of person that George Washington was, even even as, as a little child. Um he had a a, a, a really um, lofty reputation that was upheld by his actions. So we you know we talked about Benjamin Franklin. Almost actions speak louder than words, right? And that's that's really how how he was. Uh, one of the things that he that he did is he actually refused to be paid for commanding the Continental Army. Uh, he only required to be reimbursed for expenses. Um, and when he resigned his commission, um, even though he was extremely popular. Uh, he decided to to give that power kind of back to the people and back to the to the government at that time. I think we talked about that one time about how George Washington could have been king, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but he decided he said no. You know, it it, it it is we have built this country around a constitution, and this is how we how we want it to be. Uh, another attribute that he has was he was easy to talk to. Um, he had a mastery of uh, social interactions that naturally translated into the political arena. So he was just very easy to be around. I think a lot of that came from that he wasn't as uh, learned as some of the other people were. And so he was. it was easier for him to associate or to communicate with people of, let's say, lower class. Not that, you know, people are lower class, but just lower social class. Um uh, he was large in, in stature and presence. We talked about that. In fact, isn't there? There's a legend that he threw a silver dollar across the Potomac, uh, and that's how, that's how strong he was. Yeah. Uh, and so they were like, "Oh man, that's a you threw the whole thing across the river." You know, they use a strong guy, and that kind of added to the legend. Yeah, the legend of of Washington. Um, another thing I thought was interesting is that they specifically said that he dressed very fashionably. Um, and I kind of want to dig into this one a little bit. Like Cam Newton? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it was that fashionable. <laughs> um, so uh, he learned to value a very sharp attire. Um, and he he actually said this. He said, nothing adds more to the appearance of a man than his dress. And uh, I thought that was really interesting. And you kind of think about that today too. And, you know, the initial appearance of someone, you know, even if you just say like in the business world or, um, you know, when you're just interacting with people, it is so easy to look at someone and like that first appearance is, 
is uh, very telling. Not that you're supposed to judge a book by its cover, but everyone does it. You know, you have this micro judgment right at the beginning, the first couple seconds of meeting someone just based on, on their looks. And if you're dressed sharp and it's kind of like, you know, if you're dressed sharp and everything, you're not sloppy, then you almost command more respect. Um, lastly, he was, uh, he was very romantic. He, uh, loved his wife very much and he, uh, very frequently sent her letters while he was off at war or battle. Um, and one thing that he did is he always ended his letters to her and he always signed him your entire George Washington. So it's kind of like, that's okay. nice. Yeah, that's nice. So, uh, he was said to be, he was said to have patience, drive, a very uh, good attention to detail, a strong sense of responsibility, a firm moral conscience, um, and all of these characteristics drew people to him and uh, really are the reasons why they had such confidence and trust in him. Um, and so how does this apply to building a personal creed? You know, I don't know if George Washington had a personal creed written down, um, but I think some of these attributes that he had and, and, and kind of this moral code maybe that he lived by of being, uh, you know, honorable and patient and, and, and having a high moral standard, I think that dr- that is telling by the way people talk about him. Um, so one of the things, so he got sick, he actually got... Uh, a really bad throat infection, and that's what he died from. Um, it's kind of like tonsillitis, but like really, really bad, and you kind of your throat closes up, and and uh, pretty bad, pretty nasty. But um, when he did die, the papers in the area, well, all over the United States at that point, um, they ran tons of articles on him, and uh, one of those articles in part said said this. It was a poem that was written about him, and it said. Uh, Americans behold and shed a grateful tear for a man who has gained your freedom most dear and now is departing unto the realms above where he may rest in lasting peace and love. And so for something like that to be posted about a person like all over the country, I mean, he must have been very very respected for them to write poems of his, you know, him gaining f- your freedom most dear and, um, you know, resting in peace and love and, 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 you know, that uh, all Americans should shed a tear for the loss of this great person. Uh, so I just thought that's really kind of telling about his, him uh, as a person, who he was and how he lived. And I think really that's that's the whole basis of what our creed is, what we're trying to do is we're trying to build something build a lifestyle, uh, you know, a, a, a set of beliefs or principles that guide our actions to not impress other people, but I think if done correctly, it will have the potential to influence other people's lives for the better. Yeah. Uh, as you know, I, I think about that, something I've been thinking about recently is that history is written by the victors. And so, you know, you think about the the past three or four presidents, you know, and how but how polarizing they have been to where you have one group of people who absolutely hates them, other group of people who, who like absolutely loves it. You got some people in the middle who are like, man, this guy's got good things and bad things. 
Uh, right now, our, our president has the lowest approval rating of almost any president ever. Uh, and when we look back, you know, it, uh, looking back, I, I hear, well, like, as far as, like, in recent memory, I hear, well, Carter was just, an, he was an okay president. But, like, the presidents before that, like, I don't know, like, they were just good good presidents, I guess, you know. And so a lot of the, sometimes a lot of those feelings are lost to history. I'm not saying that George Washington was, was a bad guy, but some people may not like you, especially in politics. I mean, how many corrupt politicians have come before that died and the people still, you know, oh, this person was so great, you know, it was so amazing. And it's like, no, that person was terrible. That person was awful. I can think of several senators right now <laughs> that fall into that camp and, you know, the whole, all the media is going to be like, this person was the best person ever. And I'm like, what? I think I think a couple things um, about that. I agree. Uh, you don't know the whole story, you know, and I'm sure George Washington and Benjamin Franklin and Jared Thomas, right, have all done things that they probably don't want flashed up in, the, in bright lights. Um and if he heard us talking about this like this, he'd probably be like, yeah, you know, just kind of, you know, I, I just did my best, you know, yeah. it's like, but I think too, is that in this, in our time period right now, I almost feel like it's more about personal gain. And I think that that has always been the fact throughout all of history from, you know, the beginning to now people are selfish inherently and, and it's about personal gain. But I think in the times of the, especially some of these founding fathers, they had a, a really a, a mission to make America great, right? And I mean, it was almost like this: this patriotism was greater than themselves. I don't feel like that exists today. Today, it's more about you know how can I control other people and and how can I gain and and I don't know I feel like well, it's, I feel like it's the, more, especially in the politics realm that's what I'm saying is yeah, yeah. In, in, in politics I think it's just a completely different game yeah it's a total crapshoot and and you know he was a soldier first and then he was a, a politician next but I, I think that also like in, in our time if you're going to be friends with everybody you're going to be not really close with anybody and I think that, especially in our modern time, if is if you're fighting against, uh, if you're fighting for what's right and what's good, because I think there's a lot a, a great need to fight against what's what's wrong, uh, in this world, then there will be people that don't like you. I, I, but the British didn't like him, you know, <laughs> at the time. Like that scoundrel came and killed us on Christmas morning. You know? I, know, I know that he didn't have tons and tons of people he was close with. He had a very very small internal close-knit group that he was close with yeah so you know there were i'm sure people thought he was a scoundrel for going and killing people on christmas morning you know like when he crossed the delaware the, yeah and so you know i think that to get up to we should be concerned about our character more than our reputation our reputation will follow when we have that good character and it sounds like you know george washington i do believe that he he, he did have a good character i think that uh Things can easily get lost to history, especially when it's like, you know, one of the founding members of our country. It's easy to overlook some of the more nuanced things. But like I mentioned with Benjamin Franklin, there's some things that, you know, that he said that were great. But there's also some other stuff that he said that I don't agree with at all. Uh, So I was looking up some of the other things and he you know, was said, I believe in God, but 
I don't believe in Jesus Christ and I don't believe in some other things. And I was like, dude, I disagree wholeheartedly. Uh, and so, you know, they say good, there's good things and there's bad things and we're, everybody's just human. So, but yeah, very, very good. That's very interesting about, about him and some of that history. I know you got another one too. Let's uh, let's talk about your other one from history, and then we'll talk about my. Uh, yeah, so this one will be sh- shorter, right? So this one's about uh, uh, kind of ancient Greek history slash theology. So if you remember um, the the Iliad from Homer, right? Homer wrote the Iliad, right? And it was yeah. kind of like a history of ancient Greece, right? Um, now, it, was it some of it's made up here and there or whatever, but. I want to talk about Hector, right? Hector was uh, the prince of Troy, and he was the greatest warrior during the Trojan War. Um, and so just a quick reboot of history. If you've ever seen the movie Troy, it kind of goes through all of this uh, with uh, Eric Bana and um, uh, Brad Pitt as Achilles. So uh, Paris, who was Hector's uh, little brother, he fell in love with a girl that was named Helen, right? And Helen was already married to King uh, Menelaus, who uh, was the king of Sparta at the time. Um, and it said that uh, Paris had to raid Menelaus's house and steal Helen from him, and she was willing, and she went willingly. So he basically like stole her in the night, and they ran off together. And, of course, uh, uh, Menelaus didn't like this, and so he declared war on Troy to get his wife back. Um, and supposedly Helen was, like, extremely beautiful, and she was, like, the, you know, well, Aphrodite's or The story wouldn't work if she was ugly. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, declared war, and then he sought help from his brother Agamemnon, who was... Uh, who assembled the entire Greek army to defeat Troy. And so Troy was kind of held up in a stronghold, and then uh, the, the Greeks and, and this uh, uh, Menelaus guy and Agamemnon were, were wanting to attack them and to get Helen back. Well, Paris and, and uh, actually challenged uh, Menelaus to a one-on-one combat for Helen as a way to avoid war between the people. Um, but he, Paris was, was kind of a squirrely guy. He was not very strong. He was kind of known to be a little bit cowardly and, uh, it it just wasn't looking good. So, um, they agreed and they started having this, this, uh, one-on-one duel. Uh, Paris was defeated, but before he was killed, and now the story kind of goes a couple different ways, but, there was uh, one story goes before he was struck in the the with a killing blow the gods picked him up and took him to like into the city walls or whatever um but in other accounts and actually in the movie hector comes in and saves his little brother and kills the the other king um and that kind of throws everything into a massive war because he kind of intervened in this one-on-one duel, which is something that you don't do. Yeah. And so uh, Hector was a, a very strong person. He was a very warrior person, um, but he was very smart too. But one of the things that he said that I thought was really cool, and this is this is kind of goes back to the creed and the code, is that he said, 
He said, all my life, I've lived by a code, and this code is simple. Honor the gods, love your woman, and defend your country. That's what he said. That was that was the code that he lived by. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of like that. That was uh, when I was looking through personal creeds and, and codes of conduct and and uh, mantras from some people. I found that one from Hector, and I was like, man, that looks that's that's really cool. So, um, to go on in the story, he ends up uh, accidentally killing one of Achilles's really good friends. It really makes Achilles mad. Achilles comes, and they have a one-on-one duel. And eventually Hector gets killed by Achilles and he, his body is dragged around the back of his chariot and all this sort of kind of stuff. And, um, but, uh, Hector at the end, um, his dad, the King Hector, Hector's dad went to Achilles and like begged him for his son's body so that they could have a burial. And, and Achilles recognized that he was such a good guy that he gave he gave it back to him and he says he said the the legend said that Achilles and uh the king Hector's dad at that time they held each other and wept uh because they'd lost such a you know such a great man um Hector was a true hero because of his number one he was daringly daringly courageous when I thought in my life how am I daringly courageous courageous daringly courageous um he was solely devoted to his family and people and he was selfless to others around him. Uh, those were just some traits that I thought were kind of cool. Um, that devotion, loyalty, selflessness, whenever it came to, uh, that I was kind of like, yeah, maybe I can attribute some of those things to, to, to my personal creed. You know, honor the gods, love your woman, and defend your country. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. That's an interesting, interesting story. Wild times, a trial by combat, or <laughs> let's trial just fight two combat, two yeah. guys to 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 stop this war. <clears throat> there was a that happened in a video I recently posted on TikTok and Instagram, where King Henry he challenges uh, the other guy to the French some French uh, general to a duel one on one. He says, well, "You and I let's fight one on one, and then we won't have to do this war." And he's like, "Yeah." It's actually Robert Pattinson who's the guy, and then I'd rather, I'd rather my men die than me die. Yeah, then he goes out, and then uh, he gets totally wiped in battle. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, <clears throat> so this this last piece, um, there's a lot of these, so I'll just kind of skip through them. But there's these are kind of funny. There was an article that came out, uh, and it was called the unofficial guide, the unofficial Goldman Sachs guide to being a man. And these are just f- funny things. There's a, like, actually a Twitter account that's like. I think it's like heard in the or, or GS like GS elevator or something like that, and it's like things overheard in the Goldman Sachs elevator, and it's just like funny things that people say, and like because there's, there's kind of like an attitude uh, that goes along with this, like being like oh, you know uh, a modern man kind of a thing. So I'm just gonna scroll through some of these. I'm gonna put it over here so Ethan can see some of them. Uh, we can kind of just scroll through and pick out some of the ones we th- we think are are, are interesting. I think the first one here says, stop talking about where you went to college. <laughs> it's like, yeah, after you're out of college for like a year, it's done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just just let it go. Well, uh, I think one, I think maybe one to add that to add to that too. Stop, and this could be beneficial for uh, some of the younger people. Stop talking about when you got out of college. Yeah. Um, 
you know, or high schools. If if, if yeah, stop talking about high school. Yeah. yeah, if you if you lived your golden days in high school, it's just kind of like oh geez. I knew a guy. He he was over at the house uh, a little while ago. He was kind of a friend from church, and um, he couldn't stop talking about that. Oh man, when I was a senior in high school, we went to state, and it was just like oh man, it was like that was like that's all he talked about was whenever he went to state for football in high school. I was like, dude, you're like 65 years old. I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Uncle Rico, man. I throw football over the mountains. Yeah, coach would just put me in. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, the next one is here. Always carry cash. Keep some in your front pocket. I think that's actually a good one. Always should keep some cash on you to tip. Yeah. Um, or, case of, or a case of an emergency or something. Uh, yeah, I, I usually keep some small denominations, like maybe a five, a 20, and a couple ones. Uh it's a good habit to be in. If, uh, the front pocket, maybe it's, it looks cooler if you pull it out of your front pocket. Uh, the next one is rebel from business casual. Burn your khakis and wear a suit or jeans. <laughs> it's very uh, one or the other. Barney-esque from How I Met Your Mother. Suit up. Yeah. You will regret your tattoos. <laughs> uh, never date an ex of your friend. Yeah, that's probably sage advice. Yeah. Time is too short to do your own laundry. I, I like this one because... I, I think it, it just speaks to a principle that's more about just life in general. Like, ugh, like I'm thinking about hiring someone to just mow the lawn this whole season because I just don't have time to mow, to spend an hour and a half every single Saturday mowing the lawn. I would rather have that time back to spend with my kids or do something productive, you know? Yeah. I just got so much going on. It's just like, I, I, I can pay someone that's less, that's time is less valuable than mine to do that job. Uh, and it's not that therapeutic for me. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when it's like 99 degrees outside. If you perspire, wear an undershirt. <laughs> um, you don't have to like baseball, but you should understand the concept of what a pitcher's ERA means. Approach life similarly. Uh, yeah. I, I have no fa- idea what that means. I'm failing at that one. <laughs> but I think it's good. At, I think the principle is good in that you need to kind of understand generally what is going on? Like, I have no interest in March Madness at all. But generally, I'm like, oh, there was a couple upsets. Did you hear about the one upset where uh, it was like St. Pete's or something like that? And I don't know the teams. But it was like some tiny, tiny school that has a stadium for like 3,500 people. The entire school is like 3,000 people beat Kentucky. Really? The Kentucky is like the number one seat. Yeah. yeah. And so um, interesting. that was kind of a cool story. So, you know, at least pay attention a little bit what's going on around. Yeah, you. or just check it every now and then you so you can kind of talk shop or whatever. Yeah. Uh, when in doubt, always kiss the girl. Okay. Tip more than you should. I, th- I think that's definitely true. Yeah. Uh, I think it kind of just shows too. I had uh, I had a couple experiences with that where I um, was out with a group of people and there was I don't know five or six guys and and you know probably the same amount of girls. Nobody was together. We were all just friends. And, um, I left like a, you know, a generous tip, you know, it wasn't like extravagant, but it was like a, you know, larger than, you know, typically than, than everyone else did. And yeah. not because I was trying to out, I didn't know what everybody else gave until, you know, afterwards. Yeah. And, uh, the girls that were there were just like, oh man, Ethan, you know, that's like the best thing you could do is not freaking cheap out on the tip and everything else. And I was just like, oh, whew, cool. Uh, thank goodness I didn't have anything more than a five. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, change. Uh, you're probably use your cell phone 
too often and at the wrong moments. Uh, That's I think definitely it's true. More true today than it was several years ago when this was wrote, written. Uh, buy expensive sunglasses. Uh, superficial, yes, but so are the wrong. Uh, so are the women judging you, and it tells these women you appreciate nice things and responsible enough not to lose them. <laughs> I can appreciate a good, good pair of sunglasses, advice. but I don't know if I could justify spending like hundreds of dollars on a pair of sunglasses. Um. Do 50 push-ups, uh, sit-ups, and dips before the sh- your shower each morning. That's a good one. Be, uh, act, I like this one. Act like you've been there before. It doesn't matter if it's the end zone at the Super Bowl or on a private plane. I kind of like that. Yeah. It's just like, you know, hey, act like you scored a goal before. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, we do this all the time. It's fine. Yeah. Learn how to fly fish. Uh, actually... Always wanted to know how to do that, and I never got the chance when I was living in Utah. I'm pretty decent at regular fishing, but fly fishing, never tried. No selfies. Aspire to experience photo-worthy moments in the company of a beautiful woman. I agree with that. Own a handcrafted shotgun. It's a beautiful thing. I'm just going to go as far as say, own a shotgun. (laughs) Yeah, period. You should at least, at least one, yes. (laughs) Let's see. This one says, don't split the check. Uh, Be spontaneous. Pretty women who are unaccompanied want to talk to them, uh, want you to talk to them. That's a good one. Oh, this is, I like this one. Cobblers will save your shoes. So, so will shoe trees. Those are the wooden things. Yeah, really kind of. To keep the form. Hmm. Piercings are liabilities in fights. <laughs> That's funny. Be spontaneous. Uh, Find a Times New Roman in the streets and a wind, windings in the sheets. <laughs> she exists. <laughs> That's funny. Do not use an electric razor. <laughs> uh, desserts are for women. Order one and pretend you don't mind that she's eating yours. That's, That's right. Order for yourself. Yeah. Uh, one girlfriend at a time is probably enough. Buy a tuxedo before you're 30. Stay that size. That's my yeah. that's interesting. Hashtag stop with the hashtags. <laughs> we can't do that one because it helps our reach on our yeah. social media. Take more pictures with the camera. Place dropping is worse than name dropping. I liked that one. Uh, yes, of course, you have to buy her dinner. Dear. Staying angry is a waste of, t- of energy. It's definitely true. Revenge can be a good way of getting over anger, uh, except for that kind of contradicts the prior one. Also, what do we talk about revenge? If you are seeking revenge, you might as well dig two graves, one for you and the person you're after. Yeah. It's like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. Yep. Avoid the last whiskey. You probably had enough. Uh, if it's got velvet ropes and lines, walk away unless you know someone. That's true. If you believe in evolution, you should know something about how it works. No one cares if you're offended, so stop it. I like that one. Uh, or it was a bench person says, no one cares about your feelings. Or what does yeah. this say? <laughs> Let's see. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of these. Uh, some of them are just hilarious. What, what, I thought eating alone can be magnificent. Find a place where you can sit at a bar. 
I've eaten alone several times. When I've gone on like work trips, I just go to a restaurant, sit down, eat by myself. It's actually kind of nice. Ignore the booze. They usually come from the cheap seats. Don't ever say it is what it is. Don't gamble if losing $100 is going to piss you off. Remember, rules are for the obedient. Rules are for the obedience of fools and the guidance of wise men. Hmm. Well, there's some. Uh, I like that. Some quick tips and tricks for. I like uh, that last one. Uh, the guidance of wise rules are for the obedience of fools and the guidance of wise men. I think that there's two ways to kind of view rules or or commandments, or if you're talking about like a scriptural doctrinal sense. One is a very lazy way, which is the foolish way to just say, oh, I'm just being obedient to what I'm being told. But for those who are actually actively, uh, you could say the, the wise men who are actually being active in an intentional way that they act, uh, those rules act as a guidance uh, for them along that path. Even though you may come to the same conclusion, I think that the approach is very different. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Well... Those are the quotes we have, and hopefully you guys have been edified with some modern and historic creeds. Hopefully something in there uh, jumped at you, and you're like, hey, I actually like that. That's something I want to add to my own creed. Maybe put it on your vision board or write it on somewhere in your journal, and keep that in mind as you start to build your own personal creed so that when someone asks you, hey, what do you stand for, or like, what do you like, or, or what are you about, uh, you can tell them some things. Yeah, I think I think a good uh, a tactic or strategy maybe to building your own personal creed is as you um, as you continue to you know study and read and learn and and everything else, just have a running list and say you know even just on your phone and say oh I like that I like that quote or I like that or I like that saying or you know I like that uh, episode of Brothers Creed podcast. All right, I like this and this and this. Write it down and then maybe once a month or or once a quarter. You kind of pull up everything they wrote down and maybe, you know, put a little uh, mission statement together, a little creed statement, a little personal uh, guideline for yourself. That's right. So, well, thank you all for listening to the episode. If you haven't uh, shared our podcast with someone that you know, please share our podcast. Uh, It helps, uh, you know, if you you like what we're talking about, if you've listened to us a couple of times and you you subscribed, uh, please let your friends know. Uh, We... Would love to uh, hear from more people, and we'd love to see our, our reach uh, expand even further. So uh, appreciate you. Follow us on the social medias to see more of, we like, love to post TikToks and videos, and we I post a custom uh, graphic for each. Uh, on Instagram? On Instagram. every Actually, it's the, the graphic for the episode itself. So, But I don't think, I think it's updated on most platforms except for Apple. I don't think it actually pushes over to Apple. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, we appreciate everybody listening. Uh, Leave a comment. Tell us what you like. We'll uh, build that creed together. Let's do it. 